a podcast of Grand View Christian Church's discipleship team. I'm your host, Kristen Mudrack, the discipleship team coordinator. Last season, we focused on discipleship, what it is, how we pursue it, and what it looks like for our pastors, elders, members, and college students. This season, we are looking at service in the Johnson City area through Grandview's own JC Serve and other ministries. Join us as we highlight each of these ministries and ask how we can best come alongside them to help them serve our community. Our episodes will focus on ministries that we help serve financially, prayerfully, and in physical service, all leading up to our multi-church event, Love JC, on September 25th. If you're interested in serving in any way for any of the ministries we highlight, don't hesitate to contact Nathan at grandviewchristian.org or follow the links in the episode description. Our hope is that you learn more about the ministries we support and others in our area, and you find new ways to pray for them and support them as they carry out their mission to serve JC. Welcome back to Deep Dive. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Um, today, I am with Stacy Larson from The River. Stacy, can you tell me a little bit about what you guys do and and the history of the river in downtown Johnson City? I would love to, thank you. Um, The river's mission is to serve women and children in our community through different services and then also through the practice of radical hospitality. And our services are on two levels. So at the core of our ministry are basic needs. And those are things like a safe place to be in the daytime, a place to wash their clothes, to take a shower, feminine hygiene assistance, devotions, and resource referrals. So basic needs um, that are really hard when you're somebody that's struggling or maybe is um, without a home to be able to meet those needs. So, and then on a second level is kind of the support needs that are just a little bit extra step um, and these include our J. Walter Brown Changing Lives from the, di- from the Bottom Up Diaper Program. And that program has been around for seven years now and provides diapers to families in Washington County. And there's two diaper days each month and families come in and get 28 diapers each time per child and baby wipes also. And we have given out close to 400,000 diapers through that program since we started that. So a lot lot of diapers. That's a lot of diapers. Yes. Um, And it's, it changes all the time. Like we just at our last diaper day had a mom who had been a part of the program seven years ago and, and her child graduated out at three and she's pregnant again. So she's back. So, um, and then we have some families that are just these moms that just keep, you know, getting pregnant. And so we are, we get to know them for a long time. Um, is wonderful. And then we also have programs like our welcome home program that helps folks who have been on the streets or have been homeless living in their car or whatever the situation when they move into an apartment or a house, they can sign up for the welcome home program and attend a workshop that teaches them about how to keep their house clean and care for it. And then we send them off with a kit that has everything from 
a mop, a broom, a laundry basket, toilet paper, paper towels, cleaning supplies. And the workshop is actually taught in partnership with the UT Agricultural Extension Office. They come and they teach the class. It's really amazing. I've learned things about dust mites that I wish I didn't know in that class, but... Um, <laughs> For our, for our folks that participate in that, it's huge for them because that's when they, if they have money, they've put it out for their deposits and, you know, they don't have anything. You can't use food stamps or WIC or anything like that to buy cleaning supplies, toilet paper. So, you know, when they need it the most, they're able to come into the class and then leave with that and um, get encouragement too about moving into their home because that's a big transition. Yeah. And then we also do things like free haircut day. Um, we have a writing center. We have just a safe space for women to come and hang out. We've got a little play area for families. We do different things like um, classes and we do during the holidays, we do fun things like bingo or we have luncheons. And so really it is a place where women can come and help themselves. You know, we're not necessarily just providing things. We don't do clothing. We don't do food. We don't want to duplicate services already available, but we want to try to provide services that can help them as they are living their lives. That's amazing. You told me a little bit earlier that you're kind of the one person in, yeah. in the office. Um, yeah. How did the river start? And, you know, what, what might your staff look like moving forward? Right. I love to talk about the river's creation story, as I like to call it, because it's a great example of stepping out on faith. Um, the idea for the river originated with um, Betsy Beaver, and she's a member at First Pres. The river is a ministry out of First Presbyterian Church. And Betsy had been part of this Mother's Morning Out group where she really loved being able to get together with other moms and they, somebody watched the kids, they could have adult conversation and they learned to support each other. And she thought, wouldn't it be great if all women had a space where they could have that type of support? Um, but you know, not all women have children. So she was thinking like, well, what is something that all women have in common? And one thing that they have is laundry. So she's like, I will, we can create a place where women can come and do laundry and then they'll get to talk to each other while they're there. And it kind of developed out of that. So, um, and this is going back 18 years ago when this happened and, and Betsy put out a clipboard at church one Sunday during a, um, an event to learn about local ministries. And it just said the clean team, a ministry for women. And I signed up and one other person, Kelly Kirkpatrick signed up and we started to meet. And at the time I was working at ETSU. Um, I was the family support specialist at the child study center and loved it. Um, had been at ETSU since I had moved here in 1998. And I just felt like God had a bigger calling on my life. And I loved the families I was working with, but I just thought, you know, they're are folks that have greater needs that I really mm -hmm. thought I could be doing something about and have been praying about it and then saw the clipboard, signed up for it and 
pretty quickly um, applied for the job as the director and then developed the program. So we are in an old building in downtown Johnson City um, and Betsy Beaver took charge of just um, recreating the space because it was nasty. It had been empty for decades and just kind of one of those old buildings that had been left to kind of fall apart and mm -hmm. Now we now when you look at it, it's bright colors, it's blues and greens and all sorts of fun things. And just, you know, one of the things that's important is it doesn't look like an institution, that it mm -hmm. actually is an inviting place that people want to be in. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, 18 years ago, almost 18 years ago, um, we opened our doors in 2004 and just started serving women. And of course, the river that is now is not the river that was then because, you know, we started with the idea of having a place for women to come and wash their clothes and take a shower. And then as we saw needs in the community, we tried to meet those needs. So that's how the diaper program started. That's how, um, most of the things that we do down here started, you know, we used to have a choir of some of the women that were, um, that just came and used our services at the river. It lasted for about 10 years. We actually oh. even recorded a CD, which is hilarious. Um, but, um, um, that choir started because the women, when they were here gathered around, some of them just loved to sing and it just kind of organically happened that we're like, well, why don't we get together and sing some praise songs? And, and that choir, I mean, we used to go out and sing at different uh, nursing homes and for different events and things. So there's been all different things. We used to have a garden in the back before our space, um, was had to be used up for something else, but all kinds of stuff have happened at the river and it's all out of seeing a need in the women that we serve and then trying to meet that. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I, I love hearing what you guys are doing because it's so needed um, in the community and, and you're really the only ones that I know of um, doing some of those things. Yeah, we're very unique because um, I did not come I didn't come into this job with a background of social work or um, anything like that. I just had, um, you know, I have an early child, a master's in early childhood education and, um, and an art and um, political science undergrad. So I had no experience doing this, but God like equips you for the things that he wants you to do. And everything I've done um, has its part here at the river and, and um, it's really a blessing to be able to take that leap of faith. And I, you know, I left ETSU, came on as director, not knowing if this was something that was even going to make it past its first year. And mm. here we are, you know, going strong. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, how do you keep going strong? What are some of the ways that you raise money for the river and, and right. who are some of your financial supporters? Right. So we are a nonprofit. Um, our umbrella status comes from First Pres, but we have our own budget totally separate from First Pres. So we have a budget and we have to raise that budget every year. And we do it on a really shoestring budget. We try to be good stewards with what we have. And so Every year we raise those funds. Um, the largest percentage of that is raised through donations from 
individuals and different churches and organizations. And then we do several fundraising activities throughout the year. We have a craft sale that we always hold. It used to be in November, but this year it's going to be in October. Um, and we're excited because we had to skip that last year. Um, but we are going to be having it as an outside event this October. And we also sell river button bracelets, which sounds crazy, but um, they're these really cool bracelets that are made out of buttons. And there's a group of seven of us that make them. And we have sold them now for about four years and have raised almost $25,000 for the river wow. of these bracelets. Yeah. And I've become a total button geek. So um, if you want to help out the river and have buttons to donate, we will take them. But, um, and then we do different events, um, a newsletter, an annual fund drive. We do different um, programs to raise money too. But um, the biggest is just folks that kind of get on board and have a heart for what we're doing and become longtime continual supporters. And we couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you had to cancel some things because of COVID last year. Yes. Um, yes. How did COVID affect you guys? It really, um, I think like all different places, it, it was hard to have to close down knowing that we were leaving some of the most vulnerable folks in a situation where they had no place to go to take a shower or just even check in on on them you know we we did close down initially for those first couple of months when everything closed down and then we reopened in june kind of steadily um with just a couple days a week and as things got better, we've, we've opened up more and um, a lot of our services are back that we used to offer that kind of had to be put on hold. And we had to control the numbers of people. Before COVID, we averaged 900 visits a month, which is a lot of people in and out of our doors. You know, sometimes that's the same person, but they come every day and spend time. And so we couldn't have that many people in the space. So we had to kind of rethink how things work. So, you know, you could come inside if you were taking a shower or washing clothes or to get referral letters or that sort of thing. Um, but we also were able to develop some new programs that we didn't have before. Like we did a huge program where we gave out COVID cleaning kits and we put together 80 of them and gave them out to folks in the community within an hour. I mean, they just were so, and it was right. Um, it was July, a little over a year ago that we did that right when things were kind of peaking in the area. And that was huge. Um, we also started our art bag program for kids um, last March when schools closed down because we knew a lot of our families, like the kids were at home now with not a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you can't assume everybody has access to art and craft supplies to have in their home. So every two weeks, kids could come by and pick up a new art bag with totally different things in it. And we continued that this, this summer and handed those out. Um, our diaper program never stopped, even during the months that we closed we still were able to do the diapers because they could, folks could come to the door and we could just hand them out the door um, and social distance. So, um, and we also, 
even the first time with the pandemic starting, we did double diaper days and double wipes to try to help families because I know they were out there trying to, you know, buy extra food and all of these things, toilet paper, you know, you couldn't even find that. So, you know, different programs like that, that just hadn't existed because the need wasn't there, we found. And I think one of my favorite programs that we started for our diaper families this past year is our birthday bag program. So, Um, We have around 100 different families in the diaper program at any given time. And any of the kids, not just the kids getting diapers, but any of their kids up to the age of 18, if it's their birthday, they get a bag and inside the bag is a cake mix, frosting candles and a crown. So that's awesome. That has been so much fun, which, you know, not everybody got a birthday cake when they were growing up and we just, I was just thinking like, that's really sad. We want to make sure every kid has a cake on their special day. So that has been so much fun. Um, handing out those birthday bags every, every two weeks at diaper day. That's awesome. Um, do you have any specific stories of, of women that have come through your doors that you've seen their lives change? Right. Yeah, I do. Um, one of my favorite, um, and I like to call it in a way graduating from the river, you know, I would love it if I could work myself out of a job and women didn't need to come and use these services, but that's just not the case. And um, having been here all of this time, I've really gotten to know some of the women that we serve. And for 10 years, there was a woman that used our services and came, almost daily um, and spent the afternoon with us. And sometimes she would wash, sometimes she'd shower. A lot of the time she just needed a space to be inside and be safe and go through all of her her, um, backpacks and rearrange things because she was totally on the streets, not somebody that had a car, not somebody couch hopping, but street homeless for 10 years and had one backpack on each shoulder and then a bag in each hand. And that was everything she owned. And every year, I just would like have the conversation with her and she's my age. So I could really, you know, trying to think about somebody getting to be my age and living out there in the cold, um, in the winter on the streets. And every year I would just try to like, have you thought about moving into a place? And, you know, maybe it's time to, to, apply for some of these programs and get into housing. And she just really had some uh, mental health issues that just couldn't get her there. And, um, and a lot of people just fell in love with her. She's just so kind and amazing and a strong Christian knows her Bible better than anybody I've ever met. And, you know, we just, nothing we could say would help her to kind of move into take the next step and go into housing. So, um, but one year um, I mentioned it and she kind of blew it off like she always did. And, but then came in like three days later and said, you know, I've thought about what you said. Can you tell me more about what I need to do? And, and she 
started the application process and um, I got to be there with her when she got her keys. And because we had known her for so long and so many of my volunteers loved her, we actually, you know, she was starting with nothing nothing but what was in her backpacks and so my volunteers a group of us we we basically staged her whole apartment and got her everything we got different organizations to donate things that she needed and um it was amazing and i still see her she comes down and washes her clothes here luckily she doesn't live that far so she comes down and washes clothes and we still have a relationship that we can see each other but you know she definitely was somebody that you know year after year of talking to them and trying to get her off the streets and then you know just like that mustard seed eventually it sprouted and it grew and she did it and so and she's actually been off of the streets now for I think it's about four years now so that's amazing, amazing. yeah that's that's incredible Yes. Um, what you're doing for families is so you're helping primarily women, but by extension, you're also helping their kids, their extended families, the men in their lives, if there are any. Um, do you ever have kids come into the river or around and get to hang out with them too? I know you said you have a family area. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that changed with COVID is just we couldn't have kids come in because kids don't quite understand social distancing. And so, you know, I've missed that. But yes, I've gotten to see kids grow up through this program. Um, I, I love kids. So that's kind of at my heart. And so, yeah, I've gotten to see all kinds of children grow up and, and read with them and just all sorts of things that anything we can do to help. And, and I want to say too, on diaper day and with our welcome home program, those are programs actually for men too. So, you know, we have diaper dads, um, about six months into starting the diaper program, this man called me up and he was actually somebody I knew because he had dated one of the women that used to come here. Mm -hmm. And he was a grandfather and he had just gotten full custody of his grandson um, who was on the spectrum. And even though he was sick, still needed diapers. And he's like, can I come and get diapers? I'm not a woman. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I never thought like, yeah, there's men that have kids too. So I was like, of course, of course. So he was our first um, man. And it was so funny because the women that would be in the river washing clothes when he would come, they're like, there's a man in the river, you know, just <laughs> out. And, and it was so funny, but we have a lot of dads that are signed up and not only they're not always single, they're just part of the family because, you know, diapers are a family issue. So that's huge. And same with the welcome home program. We didn't want to just have that available for only women, but for men too. So yeah, it really, when you are able to help women, um, to help themselves and better their lives, you're affecting everybody that that woman touches. So, um, and I know from my early childhood and my um, background of learning about trauma-informed care that the more we can do for um, the youngest and the more secure we can make their environment and their home life and their experiences, the better that is for them. So for me, that's really um, 
huge for me. It's at the heart of why I do a lot of what I do. So, yeah. You said the river's changed a lot over the years. Yes. How do you see it changing in the future? Right. I'm really excited. Uh, We're in the process of um, accepting applications and next week we'll be deciding um, on interviews, but we're hiring for the first time a full-time assistant. And I am so excited about this. Um, I've had part-time, great part-time employees through the years um, who've worked um, at the most two days a week. And so to have somebody that will actually be here and allow me to work just kind of on the things that only I can do as the director, because I wear a lot of hats right now. So, you know, from grant writing to volunteer training, recruitment, program development, um, and, you know, just cleaning the toilet because (laughs) that has to happen too. I may be one of the only executive directors of a nonprofit in Johnson City that cleans the toilets, but, um, you know, there's a lot and it's not just me. Um, I have wonderful volunteers and a wonderful board of directors, so I'm not doing it alone, but, um, it'll be great to have another person on board with us and kind of running the day to day. And so that I can focus on, um, the things that I'm able to do and share our story and get more support and then help us to grow our program too. So that, that is amazing that we're going to be doing this. And, you know, the river changes all the time when we see new needs that need to be met, when we um, are introduced to different things. Um, We try to incorporate that into what we're doing. And so who knows what other new programs might come about. You know, I have the daydream um, of things in my head. and, you know, we're always looking to grow and, and to do more to help our families and our, our women that use our services and, and be more supportive for them too. How can we best help? Uh, if somebody's listening and they say, I really want to get involved, what do you need? Right. There's um, several things. I always like to start with the, the obvious, but just prayer. I mean, just, you know, when you're saying your prayers in the morning or at night or whenever it is, just say, hey, I want to pray for the river and for the women that come here, for the families, but for the staff too. And um, the volunteers just pray for us as a ministry. That's awesome. And then we um, do use volunteers. And one of the things that COVID has kind of changed is some of my volunteers haven't come back yet. You know, they're just not comfortable coming into the environment. And, you know, so we're looking for volunteers. We actually monthly do what we call our volunteer show and tell. So if you're interested in volunteering, you can attend that event and kind of learn the 411 on what volunteers do and what the river looks like and what our programs are. And then we're always looking for donations, especially monetary donations to help us meet our budget every year. And then we do accept in-kind donations of items that we actually use at the river. So, you know, we don't do food or clothing. I get phone calls all the time. Um, I swear this week, everybody must be cleaning out their closets because I've gotten so many calls about clothing donations, um, which is great. I can tell them wonderful places to take them. But, um, you know, we do cleaning supplies, diapers, wipes, all those sorts of things um, 
are always needed. And if we can have those donated in kind, then we don't have to spend money out of our budget to be able to have yeah. those available. Yeah. We're working up towards the Love JC event in September yeah. here. Um, are you guys a part of that? And if so, what, what are you going to be asking for help with this year? Right. We are, you know, we've done this uh, for several years now and what I've planned for this group this year, um, the river is kind of a smaller space, but it's long. So we're like 25 feet across and then 125 feet long. And with the number of people in and out, and we do a good job trying to keep things clean, but we're going to actually do kind of a deep clean of the space while we're here. And so, you know, anybody of any age that can carry a sponge or um, is welcome to come and help out. And um, I also enjoy the opportunity to share what we do as a ministry with the folks that come too. So we always have such a, a good time. And so, you know, I encourage anybody that wants to come and help clean any age, any ability, um, to come and help us do that. And that includes too, like we sweep the, the sidewalks out front and clean the windows and you know everything that you can think of to clean. We move the washers and dryers and sweep under them and all of that kind of deep cleaning stuff that doesn't always get to happen when there's people in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you hope that people see as a result of what you do at the river? Um, I mentioned earlier, part of our mission statement is that idea of radical hospitality. And radical hospitality is a little bit more than just being like a good host and welcoming people. It's actually a very intentional activity to welcome somebody and accept them and go to where they are without judgment, with Christ's love and seeing each person as if they are a child of God and um, and also seeing them as the person that they are, not thinking they've got to change, not wanting to like, oh, this person's broken and I've got to fix them. I mean, yeah. that's just not... That's just not how God works. Um, God fixes people and people have to be a part of their own process in that. And um, so radical hospitality really is at the heart of what we do. Our motto is sharing loads of God's love. And, you know, it's once I was asked what our success rate is, which is really hard for us to answer because we work with anybody that comes in the door. You know, we don't have a... There's not, um, you have to have this to be able to use our services or prove you're poor enough to use our services. We just work with anyone and everyone. So that's a really hard question. And how do you decide what is success in a person that's coming and washing clothes? But um, my answer to that is we're 100% successful because we love everybody that comes through the door. So when people think of the river, I want them to think of that as like um, a place where God's light is shining on that hill and that we're doing our best to be able to love everybody in our community. That's awesome. Stacy. is there anything that we've missed talking about today that you guys do or something that you want to let everybody know? 
Right. Um, I just want to say thank you. You know, churches that support the river, that's huge for us. And it's not, we are a ministry at our first press, but we have so many different volunteers and so many different churches that help us. And we really do depend on that. And so I just want to extend a thank you to the congregation um, for um, letting me do this today, but also just for wanting to support and and step out there and be the hands and feet of Christ. So thank you so much for that. Well, Stacy, you are so welcome. It's been so nice to hear more about the river. If you are interested today in getting in touch with Stacy or the river team um, or getting involved, you can go to their Facebook page, uh, the river. You can also go to their website, um, therivermistryforwomen.org. And those links will be in the podcast description for you, as will um, the email address for Stacy and her team. Stacy, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with us today. And I can't wait to see what God does with the river in the future, um, as well as on September 25th for Love, JC. That's right. Thank you so much, Kristen. <laughs>